Welcome to the Dubstep Podcast. I'm Thomas Montalbano. And I'm Chris Saladin. And we are back after, what is it, six long years uh, on yeah. the Dubstep Podcast. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, we just wanted to give a quick intro for this pod since it's been so long. So we started recording ourselves just talking about Warriors hoops uh, when we were college kids in like 2017, 2016, 2015. We were 19, 20 years old, had no clue what we were doing, um, just loved the team and wanted to talk about it. We born and raised in the Bay Area, uh, watched every game of every season growing up. Um, so, you know, the We Believe team was like a big influence on us. And we wanted to like find a way to communicate uh, our fandom and our passion for the team and, and, and you know, just talk all with, uh, with fans around uh, – you know, the Golden State Warriors team. So created a Twitter account, live tweet games, uh, chatting with other fans, and started recording these these random podcasts that we, we posted to Apple Music. And, you know, don't go back and look at those because the quality of those <laughs> was not great. And there's, you know, no no uh, secret why it didn't take off. Uh, but <laughs> now we're older, we feel like we... Uh, want to have some fun doing this podcast and and talking hoops with you know with each other and we're gonna go from here so nice introduction thomas you know it's good to good to be back i know we were live tweeting games for a solid year two years maybe and then we got wrapped up in college graduating college starting our job so and then now finally into the mid-20s bored with our life so we brought (laughs) us back here um you know Hopefully upgraded the quality of the podcast, of the Twitter feed, and now we got um, the Substack going, where we'll be writing some articles here and there. You know, so excited for yeah. that for sure. Yeah, and I mean, shit, a lot's happened since we were last recording. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Durant left the Warriors. Uh, you know, Clay yeah. Thompson had his injuries. Then you know they come storming back in the 2022 season uh, to win that amazing championship. Yeah. Um, and we've been, you know, along for the ride, just not talking about it through a microphone. So here we are. We want to have some fun with this. And um, yeah, please, you know, subscribe to that Substack. Uh, that'll be the central location for all our podcasts and articles. And if you're on Twitter, definitely follow us on uh, Twitter at official Dubs Hub. Um, so we'll we'll drop the handle and the link to our Substack into this podcast episode, so it's easy for you to. Uh, Check it out and, um, you know, spread the news to your friends if you like what you hear and we're just going to talk hoops, so we can Definitely, go ahead and get man. into it. Definitely, man. Yeah, it's a good time to bring this podcast back to life. I feel like, you know, the Warriors, this Warriors season has had a lot of ups and downs, definitely a lot of downs, yeah. um, which I talk about in that first article we have up on the, on the Substack. but yeah, it feels like you know, things are finally turning right for the Warriors and, uh, you know, players are returning. We're finally winning some games. We won two road games in a row recently. So, you know, things are looking good. Yeah. It's incredible that that's like a feat for this season, two road home games in a row, or sorry, two road games in a row. 
yeah, so playoffs right around the corner. Figure it's a good time to start bringing this back. So, I mean, let's just jump straight into it. Uh, we wanted to start with uh, the last game against the Thunder, which was a huge win for the Warriors at home. Um, you know, what were your thoughts on the game? Like kind of the key takeaways and how that might translate into what we got going forward with um, playoffs coming up and the last two games of the regular season. Yeah, I was uh, super optimistic about the game before it started, and then we saw that Clay Thompson wasn't going to play with the, I don't know if it was like back spasms or back injury or just being super precautious, but it seems this year, young, athletic, you know, teams who try hard have given us problems, even terrible teams like the Pistons, they're athletic, so it's given us issues. Um, So I was a little worried about that, especially because if we lost that Thunder game, um, wasn't looking too good for us in the standings, maybe slipping down to the play-in. But, um, yeah, it was a great game on on the home floor, which has been a constant theme of the year. Um, I yep. thought Poole had a crazy fourth quarter. Um, oh, yeah. Moody really shined to me. GP2 didn't have a huge stat line, but, oh, man, just since his return watching him play – it seems like he's involved in every play that that happens right and when he's out there you know there's not these horrible defensive breakdowns or horrible turnovers looney was a beast um yeah it was just just a good game yeah you're right um pool's fourth was massive and just a lot of great contributions from some of these role players like uh, you mentioned Dante, Looney, GP2, Moody uh, had the game of the season for himself. Coming off the bench, cold. He hadn't played in a while. Uh, with with Clay out, he you know was grabbing boards, put back dunks, uh, playing pretty good defense. So, just goes to show like he's still a good prospect for the Dubs. He stays ready. He's developing. He's working hard. Um, so that was really good to see. And kind of a twist last minute with that clay injury you're right and they started anthony lamb but lamb didn't really get many minutes throughout the game he he had a pretty rough start and so they just benched him rolled with moody and kuminga and it worked out um but you know i know warriors fans are really not that into anthony lamb but um you know overall he's been he's been solid as a role player as a two-way guy that's like found money you know um so regardless uh we get clay back for this king's game coming up and even bigger news of course is the return of wiggins soon definitely yeah it was nice to see him on the bench just before we switch over to that wiggins news uh yeah that lamb start was interesting i mean i understand where Kerr's coming from because i feel like since the thunder are athletic they wanted to start kaminga but we haven't seen the Looney, Draymond, Kaminga lineup. I don't even think it's played any minutes this year. If if it has been any minutes, it's not much. Um, yeah. I thought that was a game where they could have tried to experiment with that. Just to, I mean, before the playoffs, you want to see what you have and you want to try a bunch of different lineups. So I would have preferred for them to start with that. But I understand why he started that lineup with Lamb, but he didn't play at all in the second half, which was... A good choice just because I think Moody played better than expected. Also, oh, just yeah. the flow of the game. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
it, this kind of ties into the Wiggins return. I think the biggest person that could be affected is Kaminga, like you've mentioned to me before. Um, yeah. It's just hard with Draymond and Looney playing huge minutes, especially in the playoffs, to see a role for him just because he is basically a four slash small ball five right now. Um, maybe in the future he develops the handle and the shot a little bit more to where he can play the three, but man, right now it's the four. And on this team, there's not that many four minutes to ha- be had, especially with GP2 is basically a four as well, honestly. And when Wiggins <laughs> comes back, he's going to be playing a lot of minutes at the four. So and it's pretty yeah, interesting and- times. Yeah, uh, GP. You mentioned GP two coming back too. Like that's been huge for that on ball defense, which has been uh, pretty rough for the Warriors throughout the year. Um, you know, getting GP two back, getting Wiggins back, Kuminga has really stepped up in that in that area, uh, hounding the ball from you know the time it comes in inbounds all the way up past half court, and uh, just really being that point of attack defender. With Wiggins and GP two, those those minutes are gonna you know be hard to come by. Um, so, I mean, it's great to finally build some depth on the wing. There was a stretch there. There was, yeah, not much going on on the wing. So, um, great that we're finally getting some guys back. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned it. I mean, Wig- uh, Kaminga has been huge all season. So that's not meant to be putting him down I've just noticed a few kind of not bad games but there was a stretch like five six games ago where he was putting a lot of games in a row where he was scoring double digit points rebounding the ball playing crazy defense but um he's the type of player where if he doesn't have huge minutes it's kind of hard for him to have a an effect on the game um yeah when he plays like 25 or 30 minutes he he usually has a really good game but if you play him at spot minutes like 12 15 minutes it's kind of hard for him to uh to get in the groove so that's just something yeah, he, to to watch these next he likes to games. build a rhythm he definitely likes to build a rhythm for sure yeah definitely um, and where where gp2 is kind of opposite you, you plug him in and he already starts making oh yeah making plays i mean it's it's also a you could be said for young players. I mean, Poole is kind of the same way. You've seen this season when he's a starter and he knows he's getting big minutes. He plays really well. But some yep. games when we're at full strength and he's only playing 20 minutes, he just can't find a groove out there. So, you know, something yeah. to watch. Pretty common among young players. And that's why it was like also just really cool to see Moody step up after not getting a ton of playing time all year. And and perform because it's rare for young players and that's like pretty amazing uh maturity on his part uh but yeah anyway just coming back to wiggins um so the latest news we heard from kerr steve kerr today is that wiggins won't play in either of the final two regular season games which some fans on twitter seem surprised at surprised about but um I wasn't that surprised. We we know how this Warriors organization operates, right? They are pretty conservative with, uh, with bringing people back. Wiggins has been out since February fourteenth. It's been a really long time, and he was he wasn't really doing much conditioning. You know, he mentioned in his press conference with Bob Myers that 
he had lifted a few times since he's been out and you know gotten some shots up but that's not enough for for nba playoff basketball um so he's going to really be ramping it up in these next couple of weeks and um you know this this kind of reminded me of the Steph injury last year with his sprained ligament in his left foot um he he was close to a return by the end of the season but the warriors uh, physiotherapist Rick Celebrini uh who is a legend but uh, he decided to hold him out until game 1 of the first round and i remember that series like warriors fans were pretty concerned because um who knows how Steph's going to come back but he came back lit it up and uh the warriors rolled through the nuggets pretty pretty easily so hopefully bringing Wiggins back in the playoffs on a minutes restriction um will be good for him give him time to to uh get that conditioning back and um you know get his first reps and in the first round yeah i agree with what you're saying on uh you're not surprised that this is their strategy i know ever since that medical staff has came into the warriors they've been definitely on the cautious side which is good i mean i know clay was out when he was returning back from injury way longer than they thought i remember initially they said he would be ready for the the regular season and then he didn't come back until mid-january um same with steph but you saw how it paid off last year steph looked fresh all throughout the playoffs yeah um and i could see a similar situation this year where game one of round one um wiggins could be coming off the bench you know maybe playing yeah. 15 20 minutes but that's better than not having him out there um definitely definitely like for the denver series steph didn't start but he definitely you know closed games and that also allowed pool to get going so you know depends on the matchup i know the standings breakdown has been something that nba fans have been following especially in the western conference this whole year it's been just an abundance of mediocrity from three to 13 in the west um I know myself, I've been checking the standings pretty much every single day for the past few months, just like, oh, okay, Warriors went from ninth to 5th, but then they lost and they go from 5th <laughs> to 10th. It's just been, that's what kind of season yep. it's been. So, I mean, looking at the standings breakdowns, um, most recently, we're recording this on Thursday, April 6th, um, the Warriors, they're they're in a decent position to, to stay out of the plan basically if they win out and their remaining schedule is versus portland and sacramento so sacramento on friday and then portland on sunday um the worst they can be is sixth if we win out yep and then the worst case scenario for us would be eighth uh well or in the or ninth yeah so if we if we assume the dubs win against the Portland trailblazers on the last game of the season, then you're right. The worst we can be is eighth. Um, and I think we should assume that Portland is a tanking team and the warriors are ramping up, trying to make a run into the playoffs. So they need to take care of business in that game. Um, really the one that can, uh, push a, the game that can push us into the plan. Potentially if we don't win is this game on Friday against the Kings. Um, but yeah, it, the Warriors control their own destiny. 
if they, uh, for the most part at least, if they win out, they will avoid the plan. Um, so that's huge. Those teams bunched up there in five through nine can really be shuffled in these last two games. It's Clippers are currently at five. The Warriors are sitting in the sixth spot. And then in the play-in, you have Lakers, Pelicans, and T-Wolves. So right on the tail of the Warriors. Um, but if they if they can take care of business, then they're looking good. Yeah, I think at worst, the Warriors should be one and one. Like you said, I, I was checking Twitter tonight and I saw the lineup that the Trailblazers put out there. And yeah. I follow basketball pretty heavily, uh, more than the average person, and I did not know four out oh, of the yeah. five pe- people that they had starting tonight. So <laughs> I think you're they right are... <laughs> to, to assume that. Yeah, it's a full tank job. And yeah. um, as soon as they kind of fell out of the play-in race, they had a chance to make a run and maybe get into the play-in, but they just decided to immediately shut down Damian Lillard and... Um, yeah, so they are not not keeping it a secret anymore. They're tanking for Wembenyama. Um, Definitely. And so looking at that, you know, worst case scenario would be eight, but that's if, the, like, L.A., uh, if the Clippers and the Lakers and the Pelicans all win out. Um, looking at yeah. the remaining schedule for the Clippers, um, it's just so hard this time of year because – on one side you have there's really three tiers of teams at the end of the season there's the teams who already have their playoff um positioning locked in so they're more likely to rest and kind of you know there's no need for them to play all their good players which could be um the situation with denver or eventually memphis or the kings um and then there's teams like us and the Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans that are trying to, you know, avoid the play and find out the seedings. And then there's the tanking team. So, yeah. Looking at this schedule, the Clippers play Portland and Phoenix. The Lakers play mm-hmm. Phoenix and Utah. And the Pelicans play the Knicks and Minnesota. So, really, between those teams, um, like the Lakers, for example, they're playing Phoenix and Utah. Both those teams one of them could be tanking one of them could be resting all their players um same with the clippers the trailblazers are tanking and the yeah the suns could be resting all the players pelicans i can see definitely losing one maybe losing both i don't know the knicks and the the t-wolves because the t-wolves are going to be trying to win too so um oh yeah well the pelicans have been rolling though so i i agree they have the hardest schedule based on just like how teams are handling these final couple games of the season, but they have really turned it up. I think they're, they're eight and 10 in their last 10 games and, or sorry, eight and two in their last 10 games. And even before then they were, you know, really picking up the pace when they had that mid season slump. So, um, the Pelicans are, are looking like a sleeper if they can make it out of the play in for that eight seed, seven seed matchup. Um, so, you know, while they do have the toughest schedule, I'm a little concerned that they, they just handle their business. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and for the other the other two teams, the Suns, uh, who the Lakers play, are definitely going to rest their guys because they are locked into the four seed. They can't go up to the three or down to the five. And the Jazz um, are tanking as well, I believe. So uh, they'll probably rest their guys. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. 
Yeah. But I could also see the Suns. I mean, they've only played, what, five or six games with Kevin Durant? I mean, they kind of need reps with their whole team. So, True. you know, I don't know. But that's what really makes this Kings game tomorrow really important is that yeah. Warriors winning out, the they avoid the play-in regardless. Um, so I think yeah. that should be the main focus for the Warriors, Warriors fans. Oh, yeah, is of course. This game tomorrow. And I, I was checking Twitter before we started recording tonight, and um, – the Kings put out their injury report, and it seems that uh, Sabonis, Fox, kind of all their main guys are questionable. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, obviously, if those main guys sitting are sitting out, then that changes things yeah. for tomorrow. But just assuming that everyone's going to play, I mean, the Warriors have played the Kings pretty well this season. They've they've beat them twice, but both of those games were uh, were at home that they won. Um, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. What do you think about this matchup tomorrow? Um, gonna be gonna be a good matchup if they can if they play their guys full strength, right? Uh, but you're right. They, so they listed their guys as questionable, their main players. Um, so we'll see. I think they're they're just paying attention to the Grizzlies. They have not been like mathematically eliminated from the two seed. So the Grizzlies tomorrow, I think, are visiting the Bucks. Uh, so they'll have like a two hour. Um, view of what's going on in that game to see if they should sit their guys tomorrow or not. If the Grizzlies win, then they have no chance of uh, of moving up to the two seed. So we'll see. Um, you know, I think I think regardless, the Warriors are going to come out motivated. And you know, it's not a, it ha- as has been reported a lot recently. The Warriors are not very far from Sacramento, so if you know, it's not a huge travel issue. It'll feel like a home game in some ways because there are going to be a lot of Warriors fans who show up. Um, this is not your typical road game for the Dubs, so a good opportunity to kind of build some momentum on the road, then roll into Portland, uh, knock out that team, get two road wins to end the season, move into the playoffs as the 5-6 seed. That'll be huge. Um, I, and just in general with the Kings matchup, I think it's... I think it's pretty favorable for the Warriors uh, when you compare it to some other teams. Um, but, you know, so De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis, if they both play, they're they're the two main guys of the Kings if you haven't watched a lot of Kings games. Um, they run a lot of, like, dribble handoff, motion offense, backdoor cuts, um, and then some high pick and roll. Um, so you're going to have, obviously, Looney or Draymond handling Sabonis up on the, on the top uh, of the offense with either screens or that dribble handoff. And then we'll have our point of attack guys just hounding, hounding Fox, whether it's Dante DiVincenzo or Kuminga or Gary Payton. Uh, so overall, I think it's a good matchup for the dubs. And they, so they have a good chance to kind of win this game, lock up uh, that playoff spot and, and move on from there. Definitely. I mean, if I've learned anything in the past, I don't know, 20 years of being a Warriors fans, Kings and Warriors games are usually pretty fun. I mean, oh yeah, Clay versus the Kings putting up uh, 37 and a quarter. Steph just steady cooking them. Um, you know, their defense is really bad. So that, that always leads to an, an interesting and fun to watch game. So, yeah. you know, I could see Poole... Going, they really have no rim defense, which 
is why I feel like a lot of people don't believe in them in the playoffs. I mean, they have decent, yep. decent, I guess, perimeter defense, but Sabonis is not a deterrent at the rim. So if we come out, you know, motivated and we actually put pressure on the rim, like Dante's been doing lately, Poole does it, I would like to see Steph do it more often, honestly. Yeah. He's, he's low-key been having kind of a little bad shooting stretch um these past few games very unsteph like um yeah so we'll see i mean i i believe that we will win tomorrow um i think draymond's gonna be pretty motivated um so yeah I, i'm excited yeah. for the game i mean it's a good point like the kings have a top i think they might be number one in offense in the league in terms of offensive rating uh, but then they have like a bottom five defense. So they're really a pretty lopsided team. They can light it up, but can't slow anybody down. So you're right. Good opportunity for Poole to keep up that this uh, good streak he's had recently. He's, he's sort of caught fire here as of late in the past couple of weeks. And that's massive because um, if we remember last year, Poole was huge for the run to the finals. He... He helped carry the team down the stretch when Steph was out in the regular season. He um, he really stepped up in the playoffs, shot at a high clip from three. He transitioned uh, to a bench player once Steph came back and was able to fill that role nicely, even though he had some ups and downs uh, throughout the playoffs, but any young player would. Uh, so that that's really how he earned his contract uh, that he signed this summer, that extension. So uh, great to see him rounding into form and looking like the playoff pool from last year. Uh, we'll really need him to keep that up if, if the Warriors want to make a run this year. Yeah, I think last year was easier for him just because the season started and Clay was out. So the first few months of the season, he steady had a starting job and then clay came back it was kind of slow he was still playing a lot of minutes and then steph was out for a long period of time so then he was the starter i mean pool yeah. was huge last year he probably started i don't know i could look it up but started a ton of games um and i feel like this year has just been you know clay's been healthy pretty much all year steph you know had a few injuries here and there um but his his role's been a little diminished this year so that's why we've yeah. seen some inconsistency, but like you said, he's he's uh, starting to pick it up, which is definitely necessary, especially for the versus the Kings. But yeah, one thing I do know tomorrow is uh, our defense is pro. We're probably going to put up a lot of points. If you were if you're betting on the game tomorrow, I'd maybe take the over because the Warriors' defense on the <laughs> road has been been horrible all year. So I'm hoping that yeah. they can uh, turn it up a little bit, but it might be a old-fashioned shootout tomorrow night we'll see it yeah we'll see if they if they play all their guys it most likely will be we'll see how many they rest so um definitely looking forward to it. it's a huge game yeah so what uh kind of looking past the king's game uh we we both kind of already said that we think portland on saturday will be uh you know be a, a victory um, where do you think the Warriors are going to end up in the standings? I, I mean, the most likely scenario is they handle their business, um, but so do the Clippers, and so the Warriors end up sixth. 
there are some scenarios where they go one and one and they end up six as well. I just think it's the most likely outcome. Um, but you know, if they if they drop this game to the Kings, anything really could happen. Yeah, except being the fifth seed. But um, right, oh, man. I in my view, uh, the Clippers are just such a funky team. I think that the Warriors are going to win out, and that the Clippers, just as a scared franchise, are gonna are gonna just wave in the towel maybe at Phoenix. Um, really just to avoid the fifth seed with phoenix uh i I feel that i don't know um i mean they've done weird stuff all year where they they rest i mean Kawhi played a game a few days ago and then didn't come back into the second half so he'll be ready for the next game it's like what yeah i I don't i think that was the first time in like nba history someone's load managed the second half Um, wow yeah that's incredible so i don't know i i have a feeling um if we went out that the Clippers will try to lose one. But I, like you said, I mean, I could see us losing tomorrow night, and then from there it's kind of out of our control. Um, it just depends how the Lakers and the Pelicans and Clippers will do. But either way, honestly, I think being a Warriors fan is a good time because, you know, for the past two months we did not know if Wiggins was going to be back. We didn't yeah. we acquired GP2. We didn't know what he would look like, when he would come back, if he'd be healthy. I don't think he's 100% back, but, I mean, he's starting to look really good. I mean, he had he's that put-back dunk versus the Thunder where oh, it yeah. looks like prime Dwayne Wade, like <laughs> it, John Morant. It looked crazy. So um, I think by the time the playoffs are in swing, he'll be close to 100%. And then, you know, who who knows? But 70% Andrew Wiggins is, is better than Anthony Lamb or – Jermichael Green, or honestly, even Kaminga or Moody. So, um, yeah, and it's not even like you're you're fully replacing them either. Like those guys are going to be available. It's just another tool in the tool shed. Uh, on the defensive end, I think is the most important uh, contribution that Wiggins is going to have. He's proven last year in the playoffs that he's a great rebounder. So that would be number two or three. You know, he's obviously been a great shooter from three. Uh, And once he ramps it back up, then he'll be back to Wiggins, you know, as the third scorer, if you don't count Poole since he's coming off the bench. So the third scorer in any really given lineup. Uh, And he fills that role as that stretch four in a small ball lineup that is much needed since we've had to plug and play in our small ball lineups with with the stretch fours this year. Uh, Really need Wiggins back to fill that in the playoffs. It's it's a huge lineup that Kerr likes to roll out in crunch time and has carried the Warriors through their dynasty run. Definitely. I mean, oh, that's what's been brutal about the, this season when he's been out is because we really don't have a player like him. Like, for example, even if Steph is out or Clay is out, you know, we kind of have players who can fill into that role with Poole or Dante. Um but with Wiggins out, I mean, we've seen it. It's, it's been Lamb. It's been um, Kaminga. But they don't do what Wiggins does. Like you said, he works basically in every single lineup. If you want to go big, he's the three. If you want to go small, he's the four. Um, yeah. He's basically in every single one of the Warriors' best lineups. So, you know, I'm hoping. Yeah, they, he really he, is. 
Yeah, I'm hoping he can be back for that first round. But more specifically, like if he wasn't coming back, I would still think the Warriors had a chance in the first round, depending who they were playing. Um, mm-hmm. But they wouldn't have a chance to win the, the championship or even get out of the West. But with Wiggins back, I, I, I believe easily that they could get out of the West. Um, and yeah, then once you I get out it... of the West, it's kind of, you know, up and anybody can win once you get to the finals. I mean, we've seen crazy stuff. So we'll see. We'll see a long road ahead to get there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of first round matchup, if it's the Kings, if it's the Grizzlies, I think that would be most ideal for the Warriors. Uh, I mean, most ideal really is the Kings first round because they don't have that real scoring threat on the wing. Um, you look at the Suns, though, it's a pretty bad first round matchup for the Dubs just because Wiggins would have to guard Kevin Durant or maybe Devin Booker. And uh, if he's not fully up to speed for that, uh, that's a real hole in the Warriors' defense. And they've had problems with their defense all year. So um, it, we really need him back for that if, if they're the four. Uh, sorry, if they're the five seed up against the four seed Suns. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch these next couple days um, to see yeah. how the the playoffs break. I mean, it, it it's too early to tell, and there's so much variables. But I know um, I know that you have a upcoming uh, article that you're going to put on the Substack about the the first round playoff preview for the Warriors. Yeah. Well, I mean, once we figure out who the team is, I'm going to break down our first round matchup uh or the plan if we're if we're in the plan i'll break down the matchup against our first playing game uh, or the team in our first playing game so look out for that in the Substack. if you are if you are subscribed it'll be dropped straight into your inbox once we post it in like a newsletter uh style so get signed up look out for that um so we can wrap this podcast up then feel free to spread the word tell your friends follow us on twitter um and we'll catch you next time yeah for sure man feels good to be back and uh you know feels like the right time to be coming back I, it's been a rough <laughs> rough season a lot of emotions i swear every other day i'm like so optimistic <laughs> about the warriors chances and then they'll they'll play a game and i'm like wow we shouldn't even be a playoff team yeah stuff like that so it's been it's been a rough journey but we're finally finally to the end and we're we're coming to the time where the warriors have proven theirself and this the core of steph clay and dre when healthy hasn't been beat in the playoffs since 2014 so you know yeah i like our chances especially in this year's nba where there really hasn't been too many standout teams um except maybe the Bucks, especially in the west but yeah Yeah, especially in in the west i mean the main it's wide team open. that's yeah it's wide open and take your chances choosing a team that's been together for you know basically 10 years or you know all these teams where they're either young or they've got stars coming together um all this stuff yeah. so i'm just i'm just excited to to see how it breaks down and yeah definitely you know stay connected with us and we'll uh, we'll go on this ride together Yes, sir. All right, catch you in the next one.